Hey everyone, welcome back to Two Spot Monkeys Live. Joining us here for episode 90. And if I don't sound normal, you're right, I don't, but I'm happy to be here anyway. I'm Tom, joined as always by Jim. Jim, how you doing? I am doing well. How about yourself, Tom? Hanging in there uh, for anyone watching uh, our, our YouTube uh, version. You'll see I'm coming to you from the basement. Ha 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 He's been banished. Um, but that's all right. Uh, see, your basement would be a great place for you to start hanging figures on the wall. Tom. Oh, I, I'm sure if you were to like pinch the picture and like look in, there's there's pops, there's AEW figures, there's a stack of figures in the back. There's like board games. Like this is like the catch-all room. So, got to have at least one of those in the house. So, yeah. Well, we uh, have a ton to cover this week. I feel like um, some weeks we're like, are we even going to talk an hour? And then, of course, we go an hour and a half because we squirrel off into eighty-seven different topics. Uh, but this week, we got plenty to talk about. Um, so, first things first, uh, we had double or nothing last week. We made our head-to-head picks and. Uh, Updating our head-to-head standings, uh, I went eight and three on the picks, and Tom, you went seven and four on the picks. So that brings our overall standings for the year with three three events to go to, of which we're going to pick today. Uh, to I have a fifty and twenty-three record. You have a forty-six and twenty-seven record. Um, I say for the year, I mean for the first six months because we always do them in six-month breaks. Uh, so through the end of June here, we still got, like I said, three shows to. To pick two of which are today. So today could decide this. I mean, just depending on how things go, uh, we have, I didn't even count, uh, probably about 11 matches or so to pick, 12 matches um, between In Your House and Hell in a Cell. And depending on how many get announced for Forbidden Door, which it seems like we have one kind of officially announced um, for Forbidden Door so far. We'll talk about that maybe in a minute. Um, yeah, I, I really hope. You, in these <laughs> yeah i know i really hope to be closer after last weekend and i was just a little salty on a couple of those outcomes of course i was <laughs> right of course um and i was gonna bring up we're not gonna go match by match through double or nothing but tom you were able to you watch double or nothing with your brother Is i did i did yeah what a long night i and i, I got drowsy oh, towards the end and my brother was busting my chops and all rightfully so but yeah, good golly. Like, and, and not only that, like, so I, we also had a big family dinner because it was the holiday weekend on that same day. So I had family over, plus I grilled in like 80 degree weather, like earlier in the day. So like my tank was pretty empty when the pay-per-view started. I would have loved to have squeezed a nap in there, but my family stayed long. Like my family was, my family, family. My, on my wife's side was still here when my brother showed up. So like that that that's a little snip a snapshot of you know worlds colliding if you will <laughs> that was not the plan <laughs> exactly well and I uh, we had some other things kind of pop up and and happen that uh, made me I missed the buy-in and I got I missed MJF coming or MJF and Warlow coming to the ring. Um, and kind of the stalling, but I got I got into the show just before they finally made contact and the, the match really began. So I didn't miss anything necessarily of note uh, other than MJF trolling everybody by doing an airplane around the ring because of the reports over the weekend that uh, he had had a flight booked, did not get on, um, to leave Vegas. Um, so 
I have a sneaky hunch we're going to talk about that anyways at some point here. But Tom, what were your uh, your overall thoughts or, or a couple of things that really stuck out to you on the show? Yeah, so um, first let's just talk about, you know, the reason why our pickums fell where they were. You yeah, got good. you got you got a win uh, with the Hardys over the Bucks. Little surprising. I still don't see them on the track for the titles. Um, and, and I can say the Hardys look bad. They, they did, especially they did. Jeff. They, I mean, and he didn't end up working Wednesday because of that. But man, yeah, you know, well, I think I think they pulled together a really a really good match with with qualifications. Right? Like it was good with it was good, but um, and then. I got the Wardlow win over MJF, uh, and then you got the Brit over Ruby, which going back to Friday uh, of last week, Ruby beating Statlander, holy smokes, the crowd was not happy. So, like, I, good, good, and good for AEW because they clearly have you know, something in Chris Statlander, but what do you do with it? And then you, I think on the show you saw where that might be headed, but, like, that's a more crowded spot, so we'll talk about that in a minute. The only other things that we um, – took losses on overall um was the death triangle match um so they um they lost and house of black won um because we finally got the payoff to the anna j um turn so yeah um overall i mean i thought it was a really good card just a, a long night as i mentioned and so as we got towards the end anarchy in the arena um Oh, and and then we took on that too. Sorry, I overlooked that. I overlooked that on my little note. Yeah, we picked Blackpool and they did not take the win there. Um, Which now seeing how that's played out, that makes sense. Yeah, right. Yep. If we if we would have had the foresight to think, hey, they'll pull us, they'll pull us, I'll pull off blood and guts too. um, You know. And I wondered if it was headed there, but when it didn't happen at double or nothing, I guess I, I I let that thought leave me a little bit. So. For sure, for sure. Um, I, you know, in my as I was in it on that night, my favorite matches, my favorite moments of the night were uh, the main event, of course, Punk and 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 Page, and and he, again, I wonder if we didn't have a game seven in the Eastern Conference Finals, how this looked any different. Um, and again, they added two things on Friday after we recorded too. They added Kyle O'Reilly and. Uh, and Dar- Darby, and then they add. What else did they add? They added uh, uh, mix six person Scorpio, yes, Ethan yeah. Page, and Page Van Zandt against uh, the the really weird team of Guevara, Kazarian, and Ty. Yeah. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I I would love to say a lot more on that six uh, person mix, but I'll save it for today. Just. Um, because I don't know that it, it deserves necessarily a lot of talk, but it's been, if you look at Sammy Guevara's five months uh, in 2022, it's been weird. <laughs> um, yeah. So the main event, Punk, Punk and Page uh, was was solid. Again, if, if we had no Eastern Conference Finals, you know, how does this card look different? How is it a little bit more condensed? It was funny. My brother, when he got here, we were talking about the card and talking about, you know, expectations or hopes. And he's in my camp where, like, he's never been incredibly overly impressed with Britt, ba- with Britt Baker. And so I'm like, you know, not that you and I don't have similar opinions on Britt Baker, but um, I've always felt like there's something missing. And my brother and I were like, yes, for sure. However, Ruby Soho is a great opponent to bring up that level and that quality of match. Um, 
the the black the anarchy in the arena was fantastic and just insane. Um, I, I think the the meme going on is zombie Eddie Kingston when he comes, you know, after the elevator uh, takes him and Garcia away, and then he comes out with the gas can, you know, dripping with blood. Like he was far bloodier coming out than when you last saw him. It was crazy. Um, and then the the, the death triangle uh, House of Black. Holy smokes! I mean, if we did not name exactly what that was, and then it went to another level. Um, yeah, just great. Just great. Those are those are my big takeaways. Yeah, I thought the show was really strong way too long. Um, way too long. And and we've taken WWE to, to task for that in WrestleMania, so I think it's only fair that we take AEW to task. Was the quality higher than when you have a seven-hour WrestleMania that has a whole bunch of filler in it? Yes, absolutely. Um, but man, I was, I was dragging by the end of the show, too. Um, which, I liked Punk and Hangman a lot. I, I, I agree, I think, with what I'm hearing you say of not only what would have the match look like, but how would have I reacted to that match if I wasn't just kind of like, can we just get to the finish? Like, can we do that? And if Punk never tries another buckshot lariat in his life, it might be too soon. Um, he just, bad idea. <laughs> I don't know if his timing wasn't right or what, but at the one botch, you're like, okay, that happens. And then the second time when he blew the landing again, I was like, just, hit the dead eye or something. Pick one of his other moves. Stop trying to hit the bug shot because it's not working. Um, and he he knew that too. I, uh, I I was listening to a podcast uh, from Fightful and Denise Alcedo, who was at the show live. Uh, FTR came out after the show went off the air and celebrated with Hunk, uh, which I think will be interesting to see if they keep that connection moving forward as they did on Wednesday night. Um, again, talking about trios titles. We've just set up another trio, potentially, um, which is pretty amazing and, and a pretty great trio, frankly. Um, but Punk said to FTR, um, if I ever want to do a buckshot again, somebody tell me no. Uh, and I think that was probably wise. Uh, but I thought the main event was really, really good. I agree with you. Anarchy in, arena, in the arena was great. The six man was really good. The, the House of Black uh, Death Triangle. I'm glad we finally got resolution to the Julia Hart thing. I kind of thought we had resolution when she didn't hit him with the chair, but I, I realize now that was a red herring. And I'm fine with her in House of Black. I have not seen if they follow up on it on Wednesday yet. Um, I'm only half or a third into the show um, from Wednesday night. I've, I've seen a lot of results and things, but I haven't seen necessarily if they follow up on that. Um, and, are, you okay, are you okay if I make a broad statement? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So there's a lot they don't follow up with on Wednesday. And I think that might be a, a mechanism or a flaw, for lack of a better term, in, in the big picture of AEW. Um, there was just so much on Double or Nothing that even, even in a... They in a yeah, they couldn't follow up. Like, so like, and, and I don't know if you've seen the news story, apparently Thunder Rosa was really upset and she actually left the building. Um, I've also read she was sent home because she was not feeling well. Again, are you not feeling well because you're not happy with your TV time, or are you not feeling well because something else is going on? Again, it, it can be both, probably one and both in the same. So, yeah. So just there, there was there was only so much TV time on Dynamite, and so much that happened at Double or Nothing. Now, again, that's why you then look to Rampage. But again, I will say this: I don't feel like they articulated well. Hey, on Rampage, you're gonna also 
here follow up because of X, Y, and Z. Right. And Rampage is live this week, which is always a little more uh, you've got a TNT title match. Did I see Lucha Brothers versus Young Bucks? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Um, and there was something else. Oh, the the debut of the I've new. Yeah. Yep. And it, again, which goes back to the Chris Statlander comment I made. So, like, it appeared last Friday that Statlander has a vocal majority of the audience. And I don't think it was just Vegas who were ready to get behind her with the transition of character. Like they were not happy that she lost to Ruby Soho. And then here you go, uh, Double or Nothing is out, Anna Jay and Jade Cargill. And now it appears to be the baddies against the newly debuting Athena, Anna Jay, and then Statlander's the third. I don't want to say she's going to get lost in the shuffle there, but she's kind of getting lost in the shuffle there. And, and, and like, you have to listen to your audience. Right. And, and she could, and, this this herein lies the problem. AEW has a embarrassment of riches when it comes to their roster. I mean, it's just crazy how deep that roster is. And they they simply don't with three hours of TV time and the fact that they like to give t- things time to breathe, which I love. I'm not asking for a bunch of two-minute matches. Please don't do that. Um, but that, that lowers the amount of people you can focus on each week. Sometimes they do a really good job with like little video packages and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's something they're going to have to work on um, and continue to work on. Um, like I said, the MJF Wardlow thing, I way overthought that. That was exactly what it should have been was Wardlow killing him. Um, you know, MJF play the sneaky heel who wants to get away. And then Wardlow finally gets a hold of him. And my thought process last Friday was that maybe he would get the sneaky pin and then Wardlow would kill him. But no, this was exactly what it should have been. You need to give Wardlow that moment, you know, and then the Ascension. Uh, Tom, you're muted. I don't know if you're, I saw your lips moving, but there was no voice. Yeah. Sorry, I've had a couple of little coughs, so I didn't want to put that on air. So thank you for reminding me that I'm still muted. Yeah, I, yep. I don't think that you were wrong in your thinking, though, because I think when we looked at the career story of MJF, even though I do think what they did was right and it was the, the right time to do that, I don't think that you were misplaced in thinking that, you know, Wardle could have dominated the match and MJF could have still pulled something off in the end. So, um, so yeah, so even though I'm happy that you picked <laughs> MJF to help me close the gap slightly, but I didn't even close the gap. It actually grew by one. I was going to say, it just made it not worse. Yeah, um, it, it is what it is. Um, and yeah, and, and one, one more thing on, on Double or Nothing, at least for me, I love the fact that we have Stokely Hathaway now. And like, yes. I, I never thought about this I don't because I just didn't think about him like in this way, but it's an absolute money pairing with him and Jade Cargill. Like I don't know that there's two pieces that fit better together with in terms of her persona and his mic skills. Like holy cow, like amazing. Way better than Mark Sterling. Nothing yeah. against Mark Sterling. I think he's done a fine job, but just a much, much better fit. And and I like that it seems like from what I've read and, and kind of what I saw, like Mark Sterling's still her lawyer. Stokely Hathaway is her publicist or manager or something like that, um, which still works because she can still, when she has a contract, Sterling can still get a piece, you know, of that act. Um, and maybe at some point she kicks him to the curb totally. We'll see. But um, the, the only thing with that, that debut too, was you had Stokely come down 
then you had Athena come down. And I, I thought Stokely maybe got a little lost in the shuffle. Um, you also had Jim Ross say, I don't know what a Stokely Hathaway is or something like that, uh, which, shut up. <laughs> like, if you don't know who the person is, that's okay. But don't say you don't know who it is when Excalibur is trying to sell it. Like, wow, look at this big star who just showed up. You know, and I don't know who he is. Jim Ross has shown in the last few weeks how incredibly out of touch oh with, with 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 newer talents than he should be. Like I, again, like there's there's something to be said about him being, you know, the voice of a generation or like these things, and and that's fine. There's a, there's a place for that, but you're right. If he if he doesn't know something or if he like, don't put your foot in your mouth. Right, right. Don't don't tell us all that you're out of touch. And it, and it dropped, you know, the same thing that we talked about last week with Great Ocon when he showed up two weeks ago or whatever it was, two, three weeks ago, you know, and the other guy, Jeff Cobb and this other guy. Stop it. And you used to call New Japan matches. I realized probably that was before Great Ocon came in or maybe right as might have been when they stopped doing those shows. But um, so I realized he's not as familiar to you as Tanahashi or or somebody like that. So, but uh, yeah, anyways, we could go on about that for a long time. Uh, two other things really quick, and then we got to get into those picks, obviously, for NXT and, and Helena Cell. Uh, one, the elephant in the room, the MJF situation, uh, reports all weekend that he was, uh, he no-showed a, a meet and greet, not a report, he no-showed a meet and greet. Um, and then there was reports of the plane. Um, Sean Ross, Ross Sapp has said, that that report came from a travel source that he has and that it was absolutely a not cheap ticket that had been purchased. He ended up not getting on the plane. Um, and then we had the absolute fire promo, I think, um, and, and you did, I know as well, on Wednesday from MJF. Here's my thing. I, I There's been reports for a long time about MJF being frustrated about his pay, frustrated about his contract. He's dropped comments about it even in promos before about the bidding war of 2024 uh, which i have read that his contract actually expires january 1 2024 so it's really 2020 well i guess technically wwe couldn't talk to him until january 1 of 24 um officially um don't tell me those things don't happen behind you know closed doors too but i think all of it has been very real clearly they've come to some agreement or that promo doesn't happen on wednesday um, you know, people are like, oh, he went out there and totally shot. They'd have cut his mic long before that if he was actually shooting and that actually wasn't what was supposed to happen. So they've clearly come to some sort of agreement, whether it's to work together for the rest of the contract and then let him, you know, he goes and does his thing in 2024 or they've come to some other agreement, who knows, but uh, they're clearly working together right now. He did not, he did not in front of Warner Media and Discovery execs who were there to throw a party for, um, AEW in LA, you know, Tony Khan, all of that, like, it, brother on Wednesday, although it was done really well to make people think that. Yeah. And again, so then you say, I, I can't imagine that, that we only have 18 months left of MJF in AEW because I, I don't think, I think that everything he said was rooted in fact. I don't think there was hyperbole behind his promo by any stretch of the imagination. So there's validity there. So the question is like, 
what what compromise do we not know about? And I don't need to know, right? Behind the scenes, and when what 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 eighteen month trajectory? Because I think that they're smart enough, they MJF, Tony Khan, whomever else, to 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 plan that out. Like that's this is a this is an organization, and I think you know Jericho has mentioned it multiple times. He's incredibly proud of his program with MJF because it literally went, I think, almost to the day. 366 or something days like a full calendar year right so they take pride in those things they take pride in that long-term storytelling here you have the opportunity where you've got 18 months again before d-day the contract expiration even if that ever even materializes right right the fact that they can all we know they've worked out an extension already yeah yeah they can they can be very they can be very creative and and do some great storytelling between now and then absolutely and if they're not careful, and I mean that tongue in cheek, I thought Wardlow was going to become the most over babyface in that company in the not too distant future. And I still think he has a very good chance to do that. But if they're not careful, MJF's going to become the most over babyface and going to be a babyface. He's he Wednesday night he showed a little bit of stone cold vibe to him almost. Um and this, you know, somebody said this is kind of the updated Stone Cold versus Mr. McMahon. I don't know. We'll see how that how it plays out. I think it's too early to call it that. That was maybe one of the greatest storylines, you know, ever done. Yeah, and I, I don't want to see Tony Khan on TV. Like yeah. I, yeah. he walks when he walks Martha Hart out last Sunday. That's fine. I don't need to see this it's an awkward stuff. hug though. It's a really <laughs> awkward hug. Okay, glad, I'm glad I wasn't alone on that. Um, <laughs> however, what does then? Tony Khan or, or the brass in AEW do to counteract MJF, right? Like I, I thought, and I have one more comment on Wardlow too. So don't let me forget that. Like having MJF, like go after the Jeff Hardy's, the Matt Hardy's, the other former WWE guys and have that be part of whatever builds to something down the road could be entertaining. It's also the probably lowest hanging fruit. Cause I didn't give it much thought, but based on this promo, when he shot, when he called that out, it, again, it, it just you draw you draw a line between point A and point B. Um, the comment about Wardlow, the whole Mark Sterling and the suit about the security guys. Uh, not to me. I didn't not, catch that. Is that on Wednesday? Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. No, so, and you're fine. You're fine. Don't worry about yeah. spoilers. I mean, that's yeah. So so Wardlow has a ma- Wardlow has a match, and after the match, Sterling comes out and Wardlow gets served um, with a suit uh, by like the security workers yada 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 some some the name you'll hear the name it's probably some you know storyline thing but like that 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 right there like doesn't take a guy who's on fire and add fuel it's like it's like dousing water in my opinion like it was it's kind of like taking kevin owens who main events with stone gold steve austin and putting him in a in a feud with ezekiel (laughs) yep yeah so um maybe two other things because there was something else popped into my head and I don't remember now what it was. Maybe it'll come back to me. Uh, the other is uh, Punk said, show me who I got on Wednesday night uh, for Forbidden Door and Hiroshi Tanahashi comes out. I have to admit, this didn't excite me as much as it has a lot of other people. Um, Tanahashi at one point was, he's the ace of, of New Japan. He at one point was the absolute maybe the best wrestler in the world. I don't know that I see him there anymore. He's kind of that legend who hovers kind of in the mid card. He has some main events here and there. I mean, he's the guy you can call on. Um, 
it'll be fine. And and I did, and I want Okada Danielson. Of course, I want that. But I kind of wanted Okada Punk or Kenta Punk. Like that. Those were the two I was looking at. When Tanahashi came out, I assume it's going to be an AEW World Title match. My first thought was, well, of course they did that because you can have Punk beat him, and that's no problem. I think you could have had Punk beat Kenta too. Uh, Okada, yeah, that's a little more up in the air. And I think we won't get Okada's match announced. Personally, I don't think we're going to get Okada's match announced. Uh, maybe until after Dominion, because I do think he probably loses the title to Jay White at Dominion. And then you can, maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. Um, Dominion's another couple of weeks away, so we'll see. But uh, your reaction to Punk Tanahashi? Yeah, I, I'm fine with it. Uh, the only other part that I'll that I'll say, and I, this is a thought I'm having today and not on Wednesday, because I, I was fine with it. And I think that they're going to mesh well in the ring. But I think from that standpoint, it's a good thing. You know, I'm 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 now thinking that this is not a one-off. I'm, it may very well be a one-off, right? Um, and if it is a one-off, of course, that's why you would go guns blazing. But in 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 the mindset that it's not a one-off event, and there's a longer working relationship with New Japan and AEW, you you, you don't bring your 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 the big firearms out on day one. So you don't do Punk and Okada as an example, um, right right from the jump. Oh, and I do know the other thought I had really quick. Uh, I like that it appears, again, I don't know that they follow up on this on Wednesday. I haven't seen anything that they do. It appears that we're moving away from Andrade family office, which is, I agree, been a loser stable, to the Ingordables showing up in AEW, and I like that a lot. Um, in fact, I wouldn't be shocked. I thought, and I think I posted this on our, our friends group, um, I thought when I saw the white jacket knocking that it was Naito, and that that we were setting up Naito and Andrade against somebody at Forbidden Door. Um, I still think we could get Naito in there and have Naito, Roosh, and Andrade in a trios match against. And, and if you want to bring over Shingo or somebody, um, Shingo's in a Gordon. Yeah, he's in LAJ. Um, you, you could add it and make it an eight or a 10 or whatever you want to do. Um, so I thought it was Naito. I was stoked when it was Roosh, to be perfectly honest, because I assume we're going to get Naito anyways at Forbidden Door. And Naito's always been somebody who, I, he just doesn't click for me. And I think we've talked about that a little bit um, at the level that I think he clicks for others. So Roosh, I actually like better than Naito. And maybe that's blasphemy in some people's ears. Um, but I was excited to see Roosh. Um, I hope that means Dragon Lee's coming too, although I don't know where you fit him on this roster as we keep talking about. Um, but I've missed seeing Dragon Lee over the last while, however long it's been. Yeah, and Dragon Lee would have seemed to have been a perfect fit in the best of the Super Juniors. And while I think that there was great opportunity that they used a lot of uh, international talents, um, his his absence was glaring. Yeah, and I don't I, I don't know. Maybe that's where he's working versus where the working relationships are versus you know all of that. I don't quite know all of those steps so uh, but i agree he would have been great and best of the super juniors uh, anything else on double or nothing no uh i hope that uh forbidden door is not a five and a half hour show uh <laughs> I'll, I'll say that right now uh, uh and uh yeah, both AEW and, and new japan neither of which are known for their compact shows yes yeah and 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 we always do this and, and i know you know, Forbidden Door kind of like throws a little bit of a wrench into this, but 
uh, you know, the last few shows, you know, Full Gear and Revolution, we've kind of said, what what do you think the, the top three matches are for the next, like, AEW pay-per-view? So not not Forbidden Door, because I think that's a standalone, kind of like a special event. What would you, what, what, have you given any thought? Because I'll say I haven't, so I'm asking a question that I don't even have an answer to. Have you given any thought to what you think All Out, um, the top three matches at All Out? I, I think there's a real chance we get Punk MJF again. Um, in some sort of a like stipulation, if MJF doesn't win the title, he, well, I guess he wants to leave. So I guess that doesn't work the way I just put it out. Um, if MJF wins the title, he gets to leave. That would seem stupid too. Um, <laughs> here, win our title and leave. But but yeah, but if he uh, wins he, the title, then he has control and power. Right. And could it be a little bit of the reverse of the whole CM Punk thing in WWE, WWE where he wins the title and now MJF is threatening to, you know, I'm going to show up on Raw with the title or I'm going to, you know, whatever. Um, although that was because Punk was, quote unquote, a free agent, um, not wanting to leave. So I, I think there's a possibility we get back to that. I, I've always thought that the now, of course, the backstage stuff may play into this um, in a good or bad way. I've always thought MJF, I, I thought Punk was going to win the title. Obviously, I made that pick last week. And I've always thought MJF will be the one to take the title from Punk, that that's where he gets his win back on Punk um, at some point. I don't know that Punk has to be a long-term champion, so it could happen as quick as September. Um, although in, I'd have in, to In his hometown? Because I, I know it's not announced yet, but come on, All Out's going to be in Chicago. Uh, most likely. I agree with you. And if it is, if you want to make MJF the biggest heel you possibly can, and try to counteract that babyface thing that I think is going to start happening. Um, God, him being Punk in Chicago would be a way to do it. Um, winning the title from Punk in Chicago, I, it could be. Um, outside of that, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, because good. I well, think you and I are much... in the same boat. You and I are yeah. in exactly the same boat because I honestly don't know either. Like, I'm, I looked at I looked at who was on the card, and I'm like. You've got the Adam Coles of the world. You've got potentially someone like Kenny Omega who could return. But wh what, where, how do they get involved? You know, we didn't talk about Kyle O'Reilly and Darby Allen, which was a little surprising that, to me at least, that O'Reilly got the win. I think that's good, but Darby's like a pillar. So, like, why do you right. have him take a loss to Kyle in a, sing in a single spot unless you're going to elevate O'Reilly? So, yeah, lot, again – there's no shortage of talent for future five-hour pay-per-views. I just hope they don't yeah. do it. Right, right. No, totally agreed. I, yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, especially because it seems like a lot of what happened at Double or Nothing isn't done yet, um, still has more ramifications as far as, you know, blood and guts and things like that. You know, could I see Kingston Jericho at all out? Sure, but after blood and guts, where do you go? So I kind of feel like maybe that's going to be the end of that. Um I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see. And and then you throw Forbidden Door in the middle of that, you know, so it's a little shorter build probably um, to All Out than you might normally have. Um, plus you have a Road Rager, AEW Dynamite. Just, I didn't catch when the date what that was. Middle of the month. Middle of this month? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so, which makes sense because you do the hair versus hair before you do blood and guts. You don't do it after. That's stupid. Um, who gets their head shaved, by the way? Who do you think? Oh, Jericho oh it's, it's Ortiz. I, it's I absolutely it's Ortiz. Yeah, because you got to build the heat towards blood and guts. And, yeah. Um, although that's a that's a head of hair 
to be shaven on Ortiz. So good for him if that's what he wants to do. Although Jericho Ball would be pretty funny. Um, and we have a comment, Punk versus Omega if Kenny is healthy, is it? And that's, yes, for all out. I mean, if Omega's healthy, sure, that makes a world of sense. Um, but yeah, I haven't heard a whole lot about that, except it just doesn't, I mean, he sounds like he was in pretty rough shape um, and maybe worse shape than he knew uh, when he went out. So the end of last year. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. I, I, I'd love to get Kenny Omega back. But again, when you put all these people um, on a card, they, they could have six hours of TV and, and actually probably make it pretty entertaining. Um, although I don't know where I'd watch anymore. So please don't do that, AEW. Well, let's, uh, I, don't, I don't know how to segue from AEW to WWE, but here we're going to go. Uh, we're going to make some head-to-head -head picks. Uh, there are two shows this weekend. NXT has In Your House, and uh, WWE has Hell in a Cell back-to-back uh, -back Saturday and Sunday night. So we're going to make uh, a few pick oh, a few picks. We're going to pick all the matches that have been announced. Um, Tom, uh, I know because we've talked a little bit beforehand, but uh, you planning to watch both these shows this weekend? I, I will be. I have the opportunity to watch both shows, which is interesting. As I was sharing with you two before we hit record, I watched the entire episode of NXT this week for the first time in at least three months. Like I've dabbled and seen NXT here and there, but it's just not a, a product and a, an array of talent that's been drawing me to like make it destination viewing. I... I had that opportunity this week. Um, it still wasn't destination viewing, sadly, but I feel better prepared to make these picks today. So, and back to your statement, if we only wanted to make a few picks versus all of the picks, as long as I'm picking the ones that are correct, I'm okay with that. <laughs> there you go. And and in the counter of that, I watch NXT every week and I've not seen this week's NXT. Um, so I, I don't know what they've done as far as the build this week. I, a little bit, I guess, I know from seeing things online. Uh, but I don't know that it would change my picks drastically. Um, I, I suppose it could. Now, if I get a chance this weekend to go back and see it, which I, I should, hopefully, maybe. Um, we'll see. Although I'll admit, if uh, I, I will probably not see In Your House live. I probably will have the chance to watch Hell in a Cell live. But I have to be honest, if I have that chance Sunday night, I might watch In Your House instead of Hell in a Cell. It just... I I enjoy NXT more than I enjoy the main roster right now. Um, so I may go back and watch In Your House and then catch up on, on Hell in a Cell either Monday morning quick before I go to work or read the results and, and see, you know, is there something I should go watch from Hell in a Cell and just pick and choose from Hell in a Cell. So anyways, let's talk about these uh, In Your House. So you had the worst record last show, so you're going to get the first pick uh, as we go. We'll just go back and forth and keep with the back and forth when we switch shows. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yep. Okay. So you get the winning team absorbs the losers into their family, their faction, their group, their whatever. Tony D'Angelo, Stax, and Two Dimes, who have real names too, but we'll just go with Stax and Two Dimes, uh, versus Legado del Fantasma of Santos Escobar, Cruz del Toro, the former Raul Mendoza, uh, Mendoza and uh, Joaquin Wild. I didn't even know that Cruz del Toro was a name, so thank you. Yep, Raul Mendoza is now Cruz del Toro. All right. One of uh, the 900 so, names that they've changed. The <laughs> so they uh, they had a segment on a yacht where like this match kind of like formally came together on Tuesday night. Um, and yeah, the idea that both D'Angelo and Santos are angling to 
grow their family for lack of a better term is kind of the gist i hadn't seen any of their stuff preceding what i saw on tuesday you know i'm somewhat surprised that we still have santos escobar in nxt i feel like he could easily go up to raw or smackdown probably smackdown will be my my thinking over the best spot for him but you know whatever happens here that doesn't necessarily mean that transition takes place i think there's a better story to be told excuse me with um Legato del Fantasma being absorbed by D'Angelo's crew or D'Angelo's family. Um, and again, I don't know all the backstory. So I wish I did. It may not change my pick. I'm going to pick uh, D'Angelo's group to win. And then uh, reluctantly, you know, Legato del Fantasma is folded under. And then they have to take orders from Tony D and company. Yeah, that makes the most sense to me here, too. Um, you're just establishing stacks and two dimes as characters. Um, so to immediately make them lackeys in a six-person um, faction, or seven, I guess, if you include Electra Lopez, um, and I don't know if she has to go with the group or not, I, you know, their, their association is there, and then sometimes they feel like she's off on doing her own thing. Um She's there for most of their matches. They're not there for all of her matches. So I don't quite know how that, that all works. Um, but, uh, you know, to have them be the fifth and sixth members of a group, which really would be kind of how the pecking order would seem to shake out, I don't think is a good idea when you're just establishing them. So to have them be the ones who are, you know, giving the crap jobs to, to Legato and, and, and that sort of thing, uh, you know, Wild and Del Toro or Mendoza, um, can can absorb that and and they'll be fine. I agree with you. Santos needs to go to the main roster if they're gonna if they're gonna use him right, um, because he's that level of a talent. Um, I I've ex, you know stole his virtues on this show many times, uh, and I think frankly Del Toro and Wild should go with him, and they should be a a strong trio on a on a brand. Um, they could be tag champs if they you know book them right. So. I think, but I think for NXT 2.0, which is obviously where this match is happening, it makes more sense for D'Angelo Stacks and Dimes. They're they're clearly trying to build D'Angelo. They see something in him. Not 100% sure I see it. I, I like him, but I don't necessarily see quite as much as it seems like they do in him, but they clearly see something in him. So you might as well build him, see what you got. Um, and, and that's what NXT is all about right now. So I'm going to go D'Angelo's family as well. So we're we're even on that one. I will say this. He seemed to be a little bit more natural. Uh, so maybe he's growing into the character and what I saw with this segment on Tuesday than back when he was doing the feud with Pete Dunne, which was probably the last time that I uh, was really watching NXT. So sure. take that for what you will. And that makes sense. That makes total sense. Uh, we'll go to the NXT women's tag title match next. Toxic Attraction, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane, the champs defend against Caden Carter and Katana Chance. Uh, the former Casey Catanzaro, again, part of that 900 names in a month that get changed. Uh, so, sorry, I had to mute there for a quick second. It was uh, all good. I, it was weird. Like, I thought you threw your voice. <laughs> the new magic trick I have. Uh, <clears throat> so, uh, I think it's time for a title change here. Um, I... I I kind of thought maybe they were going to move Carter and Chance up to the main roster in and 
if they ever are going to do this tag title tournament for the women's tag titles on the main roster, since they stripped Sasha and Naomi, um, you know, they made some sense to bring them in and establish them maybe right away as the new WWE women's tag champs. They haven't mentioned the WWE women's tag title since they mentioned, since they said they were stripped from Banks and Naomi. So I don't know where they're actually going to, if they're actually going to do that, where they're going to do that, if they're going to pretend those titles just don't exist anymore. Um, Toxic Attraction was the hottest thing in NXT a number of months ago. I feel like it's fizzled a little bit right now. Um, so I, I think it's time for a title change here. I think Carter and Chance um, have paid their dues. I think it'd be good to give them the win. So, uh, and and my pickup in our F, in our fantasy wrestling league, you know, probably clued you in on where I was going with this pick. Uh, I think Carter and Chance win them. I, I hope I'm right for the fantasy wrestling league points and. Uh, and I hope I'm right from the storyline point, too. I just think it's time uh, for those titles to, to flip. So I'm going to go Carter and Chance. So let me ask a question, then. Do you think that they've done enough with Toxic Attraction to the point where them the, the losing their belts here, um, like, elevates Carter and Chance? I think they've done all they can to make that happen. I don't I don't think there's anything more they can do. I'm not sure they've accomplished it. Um. I think it would elevate them some. I, I think it should elevate them more than it will, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, because I, I feel like they kind of, again, it fizzled with toxic attraction for a little bit. And I don't quite know why that was. Um, they they brought they they right away made them very dominant. They gave them all the titles pretty quick. And then I feel like it's just kind of been, they've been kind of doing this. Um, for those that are listening on the podcast, they just kind of did a wave um, across the screen. But it's like, you know, they're strong and then they're not and they're strong and I know they're heels so they can't be strong all the time although strong heels lead to when the baby faces overcome those strong heels makes the baby faces better too why we can't learn that in storytelling 101 for WWE I don't know okay um so this is the fun part about this pick em, right like I can hedge my bet and just mimic you to stay close or I have the opportunity to go the other direction and maybe try to steal one this is tough because I don't really know. I do want to say this. For anyone watching us, um, has been, uh, they know that we, where you record, it's been a room that you've updated. You've got a, a piece of art that's a cow in the background. Jim, I just want to tell you that you, um, about 90 seconds ago, were perfectly aligned where your head took the entire place of the cow, but the ears were coming off of your head. So, so I got a little um, Shrek thing going on there. All right, nice. Yeah, there you can, can you see that? You say that on yeah, your end? Yeah, I see that. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, so you're all ears today. Is what I'm trying oh, to yeah. get at. I'm listening to everything you're saying. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I honestly don't know that I see the titles changing here, uh, but I don't. Again, I'm, I'm not up to snuff on NXT storylines. Uh, to have confidence one way or the other. So I'm going to pick what you picked only because I don't want to fall further behind. That is a fair. And and the funny thing is on the flip side, when you make the first pick, I can also, uh, you know, strategize that way as well. Sometimes and go, well, well, he did that. And uh, I don't want to give him a chance to catch up. So sure. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll mimic that pick. I, I've actually got my picks, I think, written down. I, I think I'm, I'm confident in what I've written down. There aren't, sometimes I write, I literally will, if I try to write all my picks down before we start picking, um, there are times where I might write, like, like if it was this match, I might write toxic slash Katana Chance because I don't know yet who I'm going to pick um, until I start talking about it. 
These, I think I know who I'm picking. So uh, now Hell in a Cell might be a whole different thing. We get there in a minute. See, and I feel better about Hell in a Cell than I do here. Like, I think we're right. the opposite, right? You said you've been watching NXT. You're a little bit more invested. I think I'm more invested in the main roster stuff. So, I agree. I yeah. agree. So, which is kind of fun. And we'll see how that all plays out. If that ends up mattering in our standings or if you rock it on NXT and I, you know, rock it on the main card somehow. Um, so we'll go to the women's title match first. You have the first pick on this one. Uh, Mandy Rose defends against Wendy Chu. Yeah, so I think this is the easiest thing for me to pick. Um, because the breakout tournament winner gets a title shot, that's, I think, the person perhaps that is going to be the one that dethrones the champion. And I think Mandy Rose being that champion is the right person, if that's how everything kind of plays out. I'm looking like three or four steps ahead. So Mandy Rose beating Wendy Chu here to retain is the is the move. Um Wendy Chu, again, just so interesting. Um, this was uh May 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 Ying. And uh and now this character and, and her whole persona is again a 90 uh no 360 degree different. Um, but it's been entertaining. So I don't know how she's earned this title shot. Uh maybe you can shed some light. It's just on been that annoying and so that oh. ended up happening. She's, cool. she's annoyed Rose into the title shot. All right, that's good. Good, too, but nothing major. Good justification. <laughs> yeah. Yes, just the the I don't like you, so here have a title shot. Um, I, Chu is really good in the ring. The funny part is she's actually very good in the ring. Karen Q, uh, formerly in in other places, um, and and when she's gotten a chance in NXT, like her stuff in the ring's been pretty good. Her character is fun. Um, I heard on a Fightful podcast this week they were comparing her that if she were to go to the main roster, she could kind of be the Santino Morella of the women's division. Um, in that Santino was funny, but he could also at times go. You know, he was in an elimination chamber. He was he was in certain things, and, and he could. He had a background. He could um, go. Uh, yeah, I, with the breakout tournament, you got to think Roxanne Perez gets the win over Tiffany Stratton. I suppose, I mean, Stratton and Chu have had some issues in the last month or two as well. So I suppose you could flip the title here and have Stratton win the breakout tournament. And I wouldn't be totally stunned if they did that because a heel winning a tournament like that is always a, a way to build them. Um, but it sure doesn't feel like that's what they're going to do. I mean, you could. Um, would I be 100% stunned if they did that? It, put it this way, if Chu wins the title on Saturday, then if we were making picks for the breakout tournament, I would pick Stratton to win the breakout tournament somehow. Um, so I think this match may tell us who's going to win the breakout tournament. I think it's going to be Roxanne Perez that wins the breakout tournament because I think that's what this tournament has been set to do from the moment they announced it uh, because I think they're trying to make her a player right away, and they should. She's really good. She's 19 or 20 years old. Um, she can be a star for them for a long, long time um, if they build her right in NXT and then, and then treat her right when they move her to the main roster. Uh, again, we haven't really seen a true NXT 2.0 person move to the main roster yet that I can think of. Um, Ciampa doesn't count because he was there in the black and gold. He was much more black and gold than he was 2.0. Um, it, so it's going to be interesting to see when that first person makes the move. Is that Braun Breaker? Is that whoever? Um, how does that go? All that being said, I also think Mandy Rose at some point here in the next couple of months could move back to the main roster. I could definitely see that happening. Um, they could use her, honestly, on the main roster. Maybe you move all of Toxic Traction up. 
Either way, she may lose the title in the next month or two. Ain't going to be on Saturday, I don't think. Mandy Rose, um, really long way to make the same pick uh, that I was making the whole time. We're going to go to the NXT tag title match, which also has an added stipulation in it. If the Creeds lose this match, they are out of diamond mine. Pretty deadly of Elton Prince Price and Kit Wilson. I don't have a little C next to their name. I forgot to put that in there. Versus defend versus the Creed brothers of Brutus and Julius Creed. My heart and my head are torn on this one. I've been a fan of the Creed brothers since they've come in. I think they're a fun um, butt-kicking duo. Um, they've got a, a you know amateur wrestling background. I think the Creed brothers, again, if <laughs> I keep saying if they book them right, right? I mean, that would be true of everybody. If they could book people right, there's a lot of good, a lot of good that could happen. It's not because they don't have talent on the roster in both NXT and the main roster in WWE. It's the booking that is most of the problem. I think the Creed brothers can be a, a, a really good tag team uh, for a long time. And maybe one of them breaks out as a single star eventually, too. I'm, I'm not sure who that is out of those two. Probably Lean Julius. Um, he's got a little more charisma than, than Brutus, but um, at least if I have them right in my head. I, I think Pretty Deadly keeps the belts here because I think they've just established Pretty Deadly. And I think to take the belts off them this quick would be a mistake. And I also think we're seeing the dissolution of the Diamond Mind, Diamond Mine. Um, simply the Creed's winning and staying in Diamond Mine doesn't solve the problems in Diamond Mine. So I, I think, and I also wouldn't be shocked if Roddy gets released in the next round of cuts. Um, so maybe this is a part of getting to that so that you can just dissolve the Diamond Mine. Um, the, the person I feel worse for if they dissolve Diamond Mine, I think Ivy Nile will be fine. Um, she can kind of keep the character she's got in the women's division. Uh, but as Damon Kemp, uh, who is Gable Stevenson's brother, um, they've just introduced him kind of into the act and haven't, I, he hadn't worked a match as Diamond, a member of Diamond Mine to my knowledge yet. Maybe he did on Level Up. I don't watch Level Up. Um, unless he did Tuesday night. Uh, I haven't seen anything. So I just hope he doesn't kind of like, they put him in and now he doesn't get to do anything and they dissolve it. Uh, but I'm going pretty deadly. Okay. Well, I'm going to go Creed's. Um, I think the stip, um, you very well could be right. You very well could be following the breadcrumbs and the dissolution of Diamond Mine could be right at our doorstep. I I don't know that I feel that way. I, I think you would easily see maybe cracks in the foundation on Tuesday for sure. And that, that's all I would know. But I do think by adding this step, it's the idea to give the creeds finally that moment of glory. Whether it's the long term, <clears throat> like for all we know, they win Saturday and they lose them back on Tuesday. And maybe they lose them back on Tuesday and Roddy's the one that is who costs them the match, right? The creeds, uh, so on, on Tuesday, the opener was non-title, pretty deadly versus strong and Kemp. And the creeds were there to help. Like they had, they had Strong's back, but then there was still some, some, uh, some fuzz there, um, or static is the term I wanted to say. Um, nonetheless, I, I, I do think, and I feel like the Creeds should have won them back in April. Agreed. Um, so, I will say I could see the Creeds winning, and then saying, you know what, we're out of diamond mine anyways. We don't care. We want to, you know, I sure. could see that happening. There we go. We have our first difference. Tom trying to trying to close that gap um, of of four, I believe, matches right now. Yeah, four. 
Uh, so there's our first difference. Uh, Tom, you get the first pick then on the North American title match, Cameron Grimes versus Carmelo Hayes. Yeah, this is interesting. Um, you know, Solo Solo Sokoa is the guy that's kind of in the background here because he's said, I'm coming for whoever's next. And I think you could easily have that be Grimes or you could have that be Hayes. Um, Solo is more to me a baby face. Uh, so him going after a heel makes more sense. Golly, I wish Cameron Grimes had a better opportunity. Like, not that he's not doing well in NXT and this is not a, a really top level spot. I just feel like since the start of 2.0, he's gotten really lost in the mix of everything that's just like Which is crazy the, when he's the North American champion, but I would totally agree with you. Yeah, and, and you're right. So that sounds weird when you say it, but it's it's like really the truth. Um I so I'm I'm making this take on the on the pretense uh or maybe that's the wrong analogy or statement uh, or vocabulary word. Um, that, that Solo Sokoa is the next challenger. So who do I think makes the most sense is that? That's Carmelo Hayes. So um, I'm going to pick Hayes to dethrone Grimes here. Um, and, and again, not only like if we have, you know, you think that the women's belts might change, you know, may, maybe maybe the women's singles belt doesn't change, but maybe perhaps, um, you know, there's a funky finish there where like, you know, the champion doesn't win. Uh, maybe it's a DQ. I'm not going to go back and change my opinion. Um, and if I have the creeds winning, like the storyline all night long could be, Hey, all of the belts or all of the champions have lost. Now we've got the main event, whichever the main event is. And like they, they've done that before where they try to build that in as a, as a show long storyline. Yeah. Could be absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I think it's Hayes here too. He was, he was already written down as my pick. Um, I think Grimes because I think Grimes has done all he can as North American champion because of the way they've booked him and he kind of does feel lost in the shuffle. Um, which is too bad because I, I like Grimes a lot too, but I'm really high on Carmelo Hayes as well. And I know they are in NXT as well. I've seen that reported numerous times that they're very, very high. Shawn Michaels is very high on Carmelo Hayes. Um, and he's got a, a lot of power in NXT now as well. So uh, I think you go back to to Hayes as the, as the A champ, as he calls himself, as the North American champ. And I, I think you build... I don't know if it's at SummerSlam if they do an NXT, although SummerSlam's on a Saturday, so maybe not. Um, you know, I think you build Hayes to where, like, Hayes Breaker could be a big title match to get you down the road. Um, you know, assuming Breaker keeps the belt for a while. Um, maybe I'm tipping my hand on on who I think wins the main event, but um, but I, I have Hayes winning uh, this one, and and... And that'll make me happy in fantasy wrestling as well, because I have Carmelo Hayes um, on my roster. So then we go to the main event. Uh, if Braun Breaker, if he is DQ'd, he loses the title. Joe Gacy has been Breaker versus Joe Gacy. Gacy's been playing all kinds of mind games with Breaker. So the idea being that, you know, he's getting into Breaker's head and Breaker's going to be so mad that he just, you know, does something and gets DQ'd. I think we're going to see a number of times or at least once, probably a couple of times where Breaker has a chance to do something. There's a chair or, a, you know, use the title belt or something. And he thinks better of it. Um, there could even be a time where he gets a chance and he ends up doing it because the ref's knocked out or something. And then that gives Gacy a reason to scream about it later that he should have been DQ'd because, you know, another ref should have seen it or whatever. Um, but I, I don't, I don't see Joe Gacy coming out as the NXT champion. 
I think they've built Joe Gacy really well. I think we probably find out who the hooded guys are. Um, although maybe we don't ever find out. Maybe they're just hooded guys. Um, that didn't get revealed on Tuesday by chance, did it? No. Okay, I didn't assume it did. Um, and, and I think it'll be interesting to see. There was a point on NXT two a week ago where Breaker in the back ran into Guru Raj and, and another guy whose name I didn't catch. I just recognized Guru Raj. Um, and they said, oh, the, the two hooded guys were in your, your locker room. And then he opened the locker room and nobody was there. And I think a picture was left or something like that. Part of me wonders if that's who the two are going to end up being. Like if that was a little bit of a, a hint, like these two characters that we haven't really seen a whole lot of as a way to introduce them into NXT 2.0. Um, but I, I, we'll see. Um, but either way, Breaker gets the win on Saturday, I think. Yeah, I agree that Breaker, Breaker wins, Breaker retains. Um, there, there was, again, more mind games. There was a really good promo by, by Gacy with the Druids or the Hooded guys, whatever you want to call them in the background. Um, I guess they're not Druids. Druids are only aligned with The Undertaker. Um, <laughs> um, and then later in the night, like there's a there's a Braun interview backstage segment, and like the lights go crazy in his locker room, and there's like laughter, and like he looks like he's about to lose control, and then he says something like, "Yeah, you know, I have been unpredictable in the past, but you know, maybe this Sunday or Saturday I can be predictable or something to that effect." So I think he's gonna really work to have his emotions in check, even though there's gonna be chances. I think that's part of the story in this match, where like how does Joe Gacy push him to potentially lose his cool? Um, he overcomes that and retains the championship. So, uh, not that this is a pick we're making, do we see Rick Steiner on Saturday? I'm going to say no. I think we could, but I think it's been interesting. We haven't seen, like, after they kidnapped him early on, then we haven't seen him. Um, please don't have Rick Steiner be one of the hooded guys. Please don't do that. That'd be. That was the that oh, that was a thought that just popped into my head. Like, you know, he's been under Joe Gacy's mind control. Right. And if they bring Scott in, it's the Steiner brothers under the hoods. We're all in trouble. Uh, oh, let it not go from my lips to Vince's ears. Um, so just to recap, uh, there are six matches, which is one more than we usually tend to get on these uh, takeover style events. I know we don't use that name anymore. But uh, the one difference we have is uh, the tag title match. You have the creeds. I have pretty deadly. So. Uh, a chance for me to extend to five or you to close it to three on Saturday night. Um, you'll know Saturday night. I'll know probably Sunday night because, like I said, I think this is probably what I'm going to watch Sunday night. Um, do me a favor, though. If it's a terrible card and, and I shouldn't waste my time, be sure to message me and tell me to watch that one as well instead. Uh, I don't think it'll be. I think this will be a good card. I think, you know, they've set up some good matches. They've got some good talent there. I think. If I had to pick a match of the night right now, I would guess uh, Carmelo Hayes and Cameron Grimes, you know, would be in ring the best thing on the show. But nothing on there makes me go, oh, God, that's what is this doing on the show? So. So there they are for those picks. We're going to move over to Hell in a Cell, uh, the first raw branded pay-per-view in about 10 years. Uh, what? <laughs> what? They haven't announced it as that, but there are. Six matches announced for this show. And I double-checked WWE.com to make sure we hadn't missed something, Tom. Every single match that they've announced for this show is from the Raw brand. The color theme is red. So, is. I mean. So red that we can't get. And, and I, I've read that the Usos versus uh, Riddle and Nakamura, which is set up, you know, 
for the next tag title shot is not happening at Hell in a Cell. Why? Why not? That, that would make some sense. You've set up the title match. You have the title match. Just book the dumb title match. Ronda Rousey's not on this show. Drew McIntyre's not on this show. New Day and and the, what are they called? The Battling Brutes or the Brawling Brutes um, are not on this show. What are we doing, SmackDown? <laughs> Somebody forgot to tell SmackDown there's a pay-per-view on Sunday or a premium live event, whatever. Uh, maybe they were waiting for the pay-per-view, not the premium live event. I'm not sure. Um, but, uh, Tom, I made the first pick on Breaker, um, which I still have on the screen when it says Hell in a Cell underneath it, so that's weird, uh, which means you get to make the first pick. This is a little more up in the air for me on this, on this match especially because I think they could go either way. So I'm curious to hear what you say, and then I'll maybe I'll just, you know, Matt. But no, I'm kidding. Uh, Owens versus Ezekiel. Sure. So I don't think that this is the end. Um, as weird as it is, and then we talked about this earlier when we said, you know, you go from Kevin Owens Stone Cold to Kevin Owens Ezekiel. Uh, okay, um, I guess. Um, but again, I don't think this is the end of this. Uh, I, my my heart wants Kevin Owens to win. I love Kevin Owens. Uh, he deserves better, in my opinion. Even though I don't think this is bad, I, I do. I do like what they've done with Ezekiel. And again, wherever the payoff, whatever the payoff eventually is. It's got my attention. Um, I don't see Kevin Owens winning though on Sunday night because I think that there's him him losing like makes him even more like certain that this is Elias and not Ezekiel and it fuels whatever comes next. So um, probably a low confidence point for our fantasy pickums, but Ezekiel is going to be my pick, uh, and it's not a pick of the heart. Yeah, I, I'm ditto. <laughs> like, I feel like I should just say ditto. Um, everything you just said is exactly how I feel about it. Um, I'd like Owens to win and move on. But I, I don't think it's the end. And normally when you say you don't think it's the end, that means the heel is going to win and keep the feud going because the babyface eventually has to get theirs. But this is kind of a weird switch in that the babyface has had the upper hand all along. And you're almost waiting for the heel to finally get his win. Like it's it's kind of weird in that way. And and I think there's yeah, this isn't done yet. Probably goes to SummerSlam, to be perfectly honest. Um and I, I think there's more, I don't know if money's the right word, but more story to tell. If you're gonna tell more story, the way you do that is by Ezekiel winning and Owens continuing his descent into madness or his, you know, just being totally flabbergasted that nobody else sees what he sees and Everybody else is an idiot. Um, so I think Ezekiel wins probably a, a roll-up or something like that. I don't think it's probably like a decisive win. Um, but I, 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 I think it's Ezekiel. Um, and and I wish I was wrong on that. But it, it is what I've been feeling. Uh, AJ Styles, Finn Balor, and Liv Morgan in a mixed trios match versus Judgment Day of Edge, Damian Priest, and Rhea Ripley. I've gone back and forth on this one a little bit, but I don't think this is the end here either. Um, although there's a slight piece of me that thinks Finn Balor could turn and join Judgment Day. Um, his darker character would work in Judgment Day. Um, I hope that doesn't happen because I, I don't I don't want Finn to be a part to be the third guy in a group because really you know they're they're trying to elevate Damian Priest so. 
again, much like I was talking about two dimes and, uh, or yeah, stacks and two dimes. There we go. Um, I, I don't think that makes as much sense. I, could we see a fourth member of Judgment Day? Absolutely. I think we could. Um, I think Judgment Day wins this one, though, because I think you're continuing to establish them as a faction. So I think they could use the win. AJ Finn and Liv are, are aligned, but they're not, they don't have a faction name. They're not, you know, what I see somebody online, Bull Live Club um, instead of Bullet Club. Um, yeah, that's, by the way, new member of Bullet Club this morning, Tom, uh, at the New Japan show. Ace Austin is now Bullet Club. That's cool. So that works. Um, and Bullet Club's been an impact too. So crossover wise, that that makes some some sense. Um, spoiler alert. Sorry if anybody was uh, hasn't watched the best of the Super Juniors, and I just ruined that for you. But uh, you well, know we just, we just lost all of our listeners, Jim. All oh, of our listeners. <laughs> Sorry, Annette, if you haven't seen that yet, and if that's spoiled for you. Um, so I've got Judgment Day. Yeah, so I also have Judgment Day because I think, you know, building this this uh, platform of, like, revenge and, and, and you want to be sympathetic to the baby faces um, is, is, what, is, is, is where they need to go with this. Um, Edge, Edge being one step ahead and his crew being one step ahead um, is, is what I think is the right m- maneuver. Um, Again, I don't know where this will end and how it will end. Um, again, I do think eventually AJ and and company, whomever that might be, does get um, their revenge. And is that is that SummerSlam? Is that farther down the line? Who knows? Um, but yeah, Judgment Day stays strong here um, in um, you know being the protagonist or the antagonist uh, to AJ and crew. Agreed. Agreed. You get the first pick on the next match. The U.S. title match between Theory, because we can't have him have an Austin name, and Mustafa Ali. Yeah, Theory, to me, is one of the bright spots in WWE, uh, not just because of how they've been promoting him and the whole, like, connection to Vince and all that other fun stuff. Um, I just think, like, and again, this goes back to when he was, you know, part of Evolve and part of NXT, like, it's one of those really great young talents. Uh, again, will, uh, similar but different to like a Roxanne Perez, right? So young and like the world before them can be just so much. You know, Theory's a little bit older, I think. Uh, however, I think in the same space. And he's actually already, you know, at, at he's already on the main stage. Uh, I liked what they did here on Monday. Um, so Ali had to beat Ciampa to earn a, sh- a shot. And uh, he did by DQ because Theory got got involved and then said, let's do the match right now. And then pretty much decimated him. There was no hope spots at all for Ali. And then right after the match, Pierce comes out and goes, yeah, well, Vince wants you to run it back. um, And you're going to have a title shot, title match at at Hell in a Cell. So here we go. Um, So I guess apparently Mustafa Ali or Mustafa Ali um, with five additional days of rest might be in a better spot to challenge because it wasn't the case on Monday. The outcome isn't going to be any different. Theory retains. Yeah, I, I I totally agree that Theory retains. Theory, I wrote him down right away. Um, so let me get my pick out of the way first. Mustafa Ali, so he was home for months because 
there was some sort of disagreement between him and Vince about creative and he wanted out of his contract. He asked for a release, didn't get it, all of that. They finally bring him back in. They have him come back and kind of do a work shoot promo with the biz about him being gone and all of those things. He's really good in the ring. He can cut a decent promo. He's a former cop. You could tell some stories there. I don't know why they can't get behind Mustafa Ali. Like, I just don't understand it. They've done a crap job booking him since his return, as far as I'm concerned. He should win some matches. Um, and he's not going to win on Sunday either. Um, there's no way he's winning that U.S. title right now. Um, Theory, I think they're, I, I agree, they're doing a good job with Theory. Um, he's been the guy, a guy that a lot of people have earmarked as a future star, like you said, from the Evolve days um, and, and even before when he, I mean, again, when he was in Evolve, he was like 19, 20 years old. He's only, you know, a few years older than that now. Um, super young, but super talented. I, you know, potential future WrestleMania main eventer down the road. Um, somebody they can build around for the future, which they need to do more of. They got to stop bringing part-timers into main event WrestleMania every year. They got to build some people so that they're actually mania-level stars to main event down the road. Here is somebody they can do that with. Honestly, I think Mustafa Ali is somebody they can do that with, but they just don't seem to see it. So there's my frustration rant about Mustafa Ali um, and somebody that I think they could be getting a lot more out of. I'm glad to see he's getting a pay-per-view match. I just think, I mean, this is probably out of six matches. Is that what we've got? Um, I wouldn't be shocked if I put my six on this when we talk about our confidence points um, for the fantasy wrestling pickums because I just don't see any chance. Ali would be great in Judgment Day, but then right. would he get lost in the shuffle? Like right. his, his his story and his narrative would fit, I think, with what Edge is doing. Very much. But again, like, then who overshadows who? Does he overshadow Damien? Vice versa? Like, is there already like, you don't want to build like struggle already right there. You could, yeah. but. That's if, if you put him in, here, here, just crazy looking thought, because I hadn't thought about Ali in, in Judgment Day, but the minute you say it, I go, oh, I like that. Um, if you did that, you build Priest and Ali up as the tag team. I know, 30 words in WWE. We don't, you know, we put a lot of singles together as tag teams, and sometimes they actually work, like RK Bro. Um, and now Randy's out nursing some injuries, so we just make it RK or Nakamura Bro, Nakabroa. I don't know what are we going to call him. Um, I think they called themselves the, the Bronin. The Bronin. Like, I, I think I, I think Nakamura called himself a Ronin on Monday, and then Riddle said, "I'm the Bronin," or "We're the Bronin." We're the Bronin. Nice, nice. That, that's they dusted off Nakamura, you know, so that's good. He can he can come and lose a tag title match. Um, and I like Nakamura, but again, they don't book him well in WWE. So, um, yeah, but but you could Priest and Ali could be the tag team in, in Judgment Day and have have a run with the belts. I mean that. That could be interesting. Kind of a big guy, a more technical guy. It would an Ali, you know, those often work. Um, I don't know. You and I just put more thought into Mustafa Ali than Vince has ever put into Mustafa Ali. Uh, so it's my first pick. Okay, yeah, after my little rant there, I, I was the second pick on that. Uh, for the handicap match, Bobby Lashley versus MVP and almost uh, MVP is here to take the fall. That's that's why we're doing this match. Um Lashley gets his win back, but almost doesn't lose. You quote unquote keep almost strong. Um, yay! I, I this match, Bobby Lashley deserves better. Move him on. 
Um, Bobby Lashley should be a featured main event level talent. And I know everybody can't be in the main event all the time, but heck, move him over to SmackDown. SmackDown is desperately in need of main event level guys. Um, you know, Raw, I think, has some folks, enough folks that that can easily slide into those main events. AJ Styles, Edge, Finn Balor, Cody, Seth. Um, they, they, can, they can build their main event level, you know, really well. SmackDown is a little depleted on that end. So maybe do a trade or something, but Bobby Lashley wins a handicap match and I don't care. <laughs> yeah, no. And this isn't the end either, right? So it's a, it's a continuation. So we had the mania, we had WrestleMania backlash. Now we have this again, this to me is the mechanism to have, you know, Lashley pin MVP, but doesn't get the revenge on almost. So we get one more match. How lucky are we? Um, I'm a little oh, surprised yeah. this didn't become a handicap match in the cell. Like I kind of thought that's where they were, especially after the cage match a couple of weeks ago, where almost threw him through the cage. It seemed like that's where it was headed. And unless they change it between now and Sunday, that's not the plan. Yeah. Not much more we can say on that. <laughs> on this one. Lashley um, deserves better, which you which you articulated. Yeah, absolutely. Tom, you get the the next pick on what I I think could be one of the best matches in ring on this on this show. Although again. Outside of the Lashley MVP almost match, I think all of these will be fine in ring. Um, the Raw Women's title match, sorry, brain cramp there. Bianca Belair defends against Asuka and big time Becky Lynch or big time baby Becky Lynch as Asuka calls her or whatever it is she calls her. Um, Belair, Asuka, Lynch, sign me up. Yeah, no, I think this is going to be really good as well. Um, Bianca is going to be my pick. Um and but I don't think things are done with Asuka and Becky. So I think that whatever happens in the end, I think it's probably Asuka getting the pin because of something Becky does. But then Becky gets thrown or removes herself automatically. So Becky then has you know has an issue with Asuka. Becky still has an issue with Bianca, but Bianca still is the champion. Um, you know, maybe it's Bianca Becky at SummerSlam, um, which would be again interesting because yeah, yeah, it was it was last year when we had Becky return and get the quick win. Um, so one year storytelling with some weird, weird bumps in the road on the way. Um, Bianca beat Asuka on Monday. And like, so like, I just don't like the fact that, you know, I'm sure your women's roster is deeper than that, where you could have had Bianca have someone else she could have pinned. Um, I mean, before you have them challenge in a three-way come the premium live event six days later, I don't know, go figure. But yeah, Bianca retains. Yeah, I mean, just scrolling here. Hang on one second. I was going to go to Raw. I mean, yeah, on Raw, you have Alexa Bliss. I probably wouldn't have had her beat Alexa Bliss. Um, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Dewdrop, Liv, probably not there. Uh, Queen Zelina, Rhea, again, probably not. Tamina. Sonya Deville. Uh, yeah, there's options. There's options. By the way, and I will say a lot of those ladies that you named were in other spots on Monday last week, so that might not have been the case. Again, though, like again, you don't have to book that match, though. Yeah, right. Thoughtful booking, right. exactly. You you book the show. You don't have to book that match. It's it's a thing. Um, Could you imagine? Backstage, it's like it's like they hope people will show up, and then they do like, oh well, you're here today. I guess we're gonna use you. 
then you right. know who's coming to the show. <laughs> right. And and if you need to bring somebody who isn't there, bring them in. Welcome to flight. A thing. They'd actually like to wrestle. It's funny. They, they signed up for that. Uh, if they would take the the title off of Bianca here, they're nuts. They shouldn't do that yet. Um, I, I think Bianca should have a good run into the fall at least, maybe even all the way to Rumble. Um, you know, eventually I think you're getting to Becky Ronda at Mania next year. Um, I think you could get to Charlotte Bianca, maybe at Mania. That makes sense. Could. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't see any reason to take the title off of Bianca Belair here. Oscar and Becky don't necessarily need the title because if they're going to continue their feud, Oscar and Becky Lynch is a big enough match. You don't need the belt on that. And again, build things in the women's division that don't need the, the title involved, you know, and then you don't, the funny thing is you don't have to just take all your other women that aren't in the title feuds and put them in the 24 seven stupidity. Stop it. Stop doing that. Um, yeah, uh, Bianca wins this match. I think it'll be really good, though. I mean, those three are, are world, world-class uh, athletes, so I think that's going to be really good. So, so far, uh, we are straight on with our picks here in Hell in a Cell, so there's only one difference uh, between the two of us so far. We have one match to go, and it is the Hell in a Cell match. Apparently, the only Hell in a Cell, unless we get a Cell match added on SmackDown tonight, which would be crazy to add one uh, two days before the show, but stranger things have been done. Heck, was it last year, a year before, they took a Hell in a Cell match off the pay-per-view uh, two days before the show and did Roman and Ray uh, on SmackDown in Hell in a Cell instead. So, goofy WWE booking. Uh, Hell in a Cell, Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins. Uh, this has been booked really well um, from what I've seen. I haven't seen all of it, uh, but they've... They've done a good job giving this a reason to be in the cell. You know, Rollins has been the dastardly heel. Cody Rhodes is the conquering baby face. Cody's beaten Seth twice. Uh, so the question to here to me is, does Rollins get a win? But if Rollins gets a win, it feels like it's not done. Well, it's not done at Hell in a Cell. What in the world are you doing next? Um, so I... I, I'm going with Cody Rhodes. I think Cody wins. Um, I think Cody should win. I think they should keep Cody strong and build him towards whenever he gets that title shot with Roman Reigns down the road. I don't think you have to rush that either. Uh, I think you could very easily, especially if Roman is working this this uh, relaxed schedule that it seems like he is. Uh, you know, you got to figure he's working SummerSlam. He could either do he could either work Randy Orton if he's healthy. I don't know what's going on with Randy for sure. Um, I know what they're saying in the storyline. I don't know if that's all legit. Um, or Riddle. I think Riddle and Roman at, at SummerSlam would make a lot of sense based on the story they're telling over on SmackDown. Um, you know, Drew McIntyre is going to get the shot at Clash of the Castle. I think that's blatantly obvious um, by the poster and, and everything they've been doing. So... I don't know when Cody gets that shot. Cody, it could be survivorship. It could be rumble. I don't know. could be a while. And that's okay. I don't think you have to rush to that at all. But I think you keep Cody Rhodes strong. So I think Cody wins Hell in a Cell. Yeah, it's super weird, right? Because do you do, like, Seth Rollins is the guy, I'm probably one of the very few, 
that you could have him lose three in a row and it doesn't change, you know, his perception or how he's, you know, promoted and, and, and presented. But there has to be a time and a place too where you go, all right, you have to let them get the win back unless unless this truly is the end, right? And like does this does this put like the story to bed? Like does do, do both of these guys go somewhere else after Sunday night? And if Cody wins, you have to do that. Like, even if it drives Seth Rollins mad, like he looks foolish if he continues to to be out front. I don't know if you saw the promo on Monday, um, but it was great. Rollins really had some kind of, you know, intentional, but like kind of sharp statements towards Cody, you know, before his return. And, you know, he referenced, you know, without saying them, he referenced AEW and it was, it was, it was just really, again, it was that, that shred of realism in the, in the promo for the issue that they're having. Um, I don't know. I, I I really thought this was going to be Rollins' spot, and m- maybe it is Rollins' spot. Um, but I don't know that I agree enough with that idea that I want to potentially lose one more one more match on you. So I'm going to go Cody as I'm going to go Cody as well. Um, it's going to be low confidence points for me. Um, if we come back next week and we record our fallout from both of these events, um, you know, hindsight will of course be 2020, right? But I, I do think we'll have a, a lot to talk about, at least with this match, based on all they've done and whatever they'll do here come Sunday night. So there it is. We've got one difference through 12 matches, uh, which is pretty crazy, actually. Um, it's just the NXT tag title match. So I will either have a five-match lead, uh, assuming, of course, that match happens. I guess if, if something happens, then it gets thrown out, protocols or something, then then we don't count it. But We'll either have a five-match lead or you will close the gap to a three-match lead. Uh, as we head into Forbidden Door, we don't know how many matches will be on Forbidden Door, although I'm going to guess 10-ish. Um, so uh, there certainly will be a chance for you. And then it's going to be interesting to see, especially if I happen to be right and Pretty Deadly wins, and and I have a five-match lead, you're almost going to have to just be the contrarian um, in those picks to give yourself the chance. Um, which could be fun um, to see how that goes. Could lead to a really lopsided win too if, if uh, things go wrong for you. But um, but if it's three, then you don't. Then you then you hedge your bets and you try to find the right spots. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see strategy wise how this all plays out. Um, it's kind of fun um, in that. Uh, well, last time uh, I my memory is that before. As we made the picks for the last show, it was over because we didn't have enough differences for me to make up the difference. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see as we go into Forbidden Door, how does that work? Um, so here we are, head to head, one one show to go. Uh, I We didn't talk about this before. Uh, we haven't looked at our schedules for the next few weeks. So maybe we'll be back next Friday. Uh, yeah, I, I think we'll be back next Friday. Um, okay. if everything stays normal with kind of each of our respective schedules, um, the week after that, which would be Friday the 17th probably is a week off. Um, and then the week leading into, uh, the final pick for this six month period. Um, and for forbidden door, I think we're going to have to think about how and when we record that, um, uh, at the end of the month. So um, stay tuned. Yeah, yeah uh, we'll yeah. keep you posted on our on our social media and that sort of thing. Um, if you haven't liked our social media, please do uh, follow us on Twitter at Two Spot Monkeys. 
uh, on Facebook, it's just two spot monkeys. Uh, that's all we have. We don't have a TikTok or an Instagram or anything like that. Um, cause you don't really want to see Tom and I's face all the time. So why would, why, why? Um, so, um, well, maybe, maybe you want to see Tom's, but yeah, yeah, no. maybe you could see the, uh, there we go. We'll do the Shrek thing one more time. And, uh, <laughs> monkey Shrek. There's our, there's our title. Um, <laughs> Well, Tom, anything else you want to cover today? Uh, I thought our title was going to be In Your Hell, but that's uh, probably I have, not. Uh, I have the title currently as Monkey Hell in Your House. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what Monkey Hell is, but um, but you don't want it in your house. That's all I know. <laughs> that's, it is, you don't want it. it in your house. <laughs> no, we, we, we sent all the monkeys outdoors for their business. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, Monkey Hell is much better outside. So on that note, everybody be safe. Uh, have a good weekend. Enjoy wrestling. If you get a chance to watch uh, NXT or WWE this weekend or anything else, uh, GCW's got Tournament of Survival and Cage of Survival this weekend, I believe, um, if I remember on the calendar correctly. So um, lots of things going on in wrestling this weekend. So enjoy it if you get a chance to, and uh, we will talk to everybody next week.